Man, it's great to be here. It is Sunday, and Sundays are my fun days, right? I get to come and worship with you, praise our awesome God, and celebrate life change through Jesus Christ. But the fact that I can do it with all of you is what makes it so much fun, right? I mean, I could be back there, and God will be honored and glorified by myself, but the fact that I get to do it, this is just so much fun, man. And good morning to all of you who are joining us online this morning. Can I just say this one thing real quick to you? If you're in driving distance of our church, I would encourage you right now to get up, get out of your fuzzy bunny slippers, and come and join us for some worship this morning, all right? We have another service starting at 11. We love to have you here as we worship our awesome God. Um, if you're new with us this morning, you walked in, you're like, oh, I have no idea why I'm here. My car just kind of turned and I came down this long driveway, I end up in this building. Um, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church, right? We love the fact that you're here. We love you, that you took a right turn when you're supposed to take a left. It's all awesome. God works all things, right? So we, we're excited that you're here. We hope that you enjoy your time with us today. We hope you enjoyed that worship as we honor God and worship him because he is worthy. And we hope that you continue to do that through his word this morning as you hear what God has to say to you and, and reveals how much he loves you. Um, today we continue to dig into this series, our latest series called Counterfeit Christian. It's a series that we're walking through and looking into the mirror of our lives to the reflection of Scripture, right? We're going to take our lives, we're going to look into the Scripture, and we're going to see a reflection. And as we do this, we're going to ask ourselves a really, really hard question. It's very simple. Is I'm, Am I a counterfeit Christian or am I the real deal? Ah, that's kind of rough. Am I a counterfeit Christian or am I are the real deal? Are there areas in my life where I live that's reflected in the name of this series that we live counter Christ against what Jesus has called his people to live? And if I'm being honest, this is not a series just about our lives, but if it claims the name of Jesus Christ, it's a series for the church, the big C church. Do we as a church reflect a holy Christ or not? And I shared some statements last week from articles that I, that I normally read through. And George Barner stated this, that the, the church, the American church is lost. That it's showing off this fake Christianity. That it says that they're becoming, even though I say it has some Christian elements in it, it's really not biblical and it's really not Christian. And we should hear statements like that and it should infuriate us. Right, like now this is God's church. Like, how can that be possible? Paul writes about this, by the way, in the book of Galatians, chapter one. He talks about the false gospel that's being preached, and he says, "How how how could you just turn from it so quickly?" And that's what's happening in the American church. People are turning away from the real truth of Scripture and living what the world wants to say and how it wants us to live. Now, before you get up and walk out thinking you don't need this kind of abuse this morning, just hold on, hear me out. The answer to this question is huge for our lives. Because if we're not living freely, like the, the transformed life that we've been freely given in Jesus, when we surrendered our lives to him, man, friends, I just want to share with you, we're missing out. We're missing out God's greatest for our lives. We're missing out for making an impact for his kingdom. We're missing out in leading our families if we're not willing to have an honest conversation with this question. We're missing some things for the kingdom. 
Now, I shared last week that I don't believe that people we just set out that most people believe to be intentionally counterfeit Christians. I don't believe that. I don't believe that we wake up one morning thinking, oh, all this Jesus stuff. Yeah, I'm going to go set this aside and I'm going to go live how I want to live. I don't think we just choose that. I think one of two things. I think I'm saying every week. I think we've been handed a counterfeit Jesus. You know, the one that's been, you know, that's been watered down. The one that's been very prettied up, prettied up so that culturally can be accepted. Or we've simply just walked away from the radical life that Jesus has called us to live according to his scripture. And the world around us that you and I are living in or a part of has more influence in our lives than the Holy Spirit that resides in us in Jesus Christ. We bring more of the world in, we suppress more of the Spirit. We call, like, come, Holy Spirit, come. Jacob says all the time, fill us, right? That means that it's not, he's like, he's not present. It just means we're not giving him access. We're not allowing him to lead us in our life. And the world is beating him down. We're letting him, the world win and him lose. And it's my hope through this series that God would reveal to all of us personally where we are and ignite a deep driven passion to live differently for him. We just sang a song about revival, right? God, light it up, light it up. Well, that starts here. God, light it up, light it up. And if you're here, I'm not attacking the people who matter most to me. I'm not doing that at all. If you're here and you're struggling your walk with Jesus, man, I just want to encourage you today. I want to encourage myself. I want to encourage us as a church to step up and step into the life that Jesus has truly given us, freely given us. For each and every one of us. That's where we're going. Open your Bibles if you would. Open your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 starting at verse 15. We're going to get in there in a few moments. Before we get into this this morning, as you're opening your Bibles, would you just join me in prayer? Man, I want to lift this up to God and ask him to do something within us this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love for us. God, you are worthy of our praise. God, as we just lifted up your name and praised you this morning through worship, God, we want to lift up your name and praise you through your word. May you right now be opening our hearts, breaking our strongholds from not hearing you. May we be courageous and bold to make the changes we need to make and start living for you differently. God, as we walk through this conversation this morning, I pray for myself. That I'm not just here speaking your words, man. I am being convicted at the same time. Show me. Show my friends. Show my family. Show anybody who's watching online what it means to truly live for you. We love you and we worship you in your son's name. Amen. Amen. The best way to spot a counterfeit is not studying the multitude of counterfeits that are out there, right? They come, we do that all the time when it comes to money. When people come to understanding what the counterfeit when it comes to the money that's out there, they don't study all the different ways what a counterfeit can look like. They study what the real deal is. And they dig in deep, right? They understand. So when a counterfeit comes in their presence, they can spout it a mile away. And so that's what we want to do in this series. We want to study the scriptures to the point where like, this is what the real deal looks like. And when counterfeit ideas and counterfeit starts entering our lives, we can spot it and say, get out. 
You don't belong. I live for Jesus. This is not what I'm called to do. And we started this last week, right? We kicked this whole thing off by taking a hard look at the sin in our lives. No one likes to talk about their sin in their lives. But we realize through God's word that the counterfeits conceal their sin. They hide their sin. Real deal Christians deal with their sin, right? They confess their sin. They make it right with God. And today is all about rejection. We're going to talk a lot about rejection. You and I reject stuff all the time. We reject what we don't like. We reject what we don't care about. We reject what we don't agree with. We reject things, people, concepts, ideas, beliefs, businesses. We, we reject all this stuff. Every single one of us go through this. And if you've learned anything about me in the first two months that I have been here, is I reject vegetables with a passion. If they touch my plate, I might have a panic attack. You're like, no! You should pray for my wife. We do. Amen to that. Every single one of us reject something. There's some point in our... In our lives, we, we put our hand either physically or symbolically, and we say, talk to the hands because the ears aren't listening. I don't want that in my life. I don't need that in my space. I don't want what you're selling. I don't care about what you're offering. Talk to the hands because the ears are not listening. And I want to tell you this morning, that's a good thing. See, rejection is always seen and, seen and presented in a bad light. Why? Because our society is screaming in our ears, inclusion. Everything is good. Everything is truth. Whatever you want to be is truth, is truth. Everything is to be embraced. Rejection is seen as a negative light and an intolerant social light. I want to tell you this morning... There's some things before you, there's some things within you that you and I and the church need to start rejecting. That's a good thing. Because when we start rejecting something in our lives, you can understand this, when we reject this, we're actually repositioning in our lives to do and accept something out. Rejection is a redirect direction of life. When you push this out, you're turning and you're going to reposition yourself to grab this and bring it in. And so when we push the world out, we want to bring Jesus in. And that's where we walk through this morning in 1 John. John's going to walk us through what it looks like to do this in our lives as followers of Jesus. So if your Bible's open or your Bible apps, you can look at it, 1 John chapter 2 or verse 15. Look at the screen. Look what it says. Do not love the world... Or anything in the world. For anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, does not come from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Let's just stop right there. As we're understanding about this rejection, like what it means to truly follow Jesus, we need to come to this conclusion that loving God is rejecting the world. Loving God is rejecting the world. Because to love is to embrace. And God is revealing to all of us that if we are embracing the world and all of its cultural norm, we are rejecting him. And the love for the truth 
is not in us. We're not real. We're counterfeits. The truth is, is if you've said yes to Jesus, and he is your Lord and Savior, you gave in your life to him, then your faithfulness, friends, your faithfulness cannot be divided. You, me, we cannot walk with one foot in the world embracing everything that the world has to offer and start thinking we can walk with the other one in the world of Jesus and everything he has to offer. We do this, we look this. That just looks ridiculous. But that's what we choose to do. Like, oh, look at, no, we're not walking anything. We're just looking like a weeble wobble when I was a kid. Or, I just dated myself, didn't I? Anybody know what a weeble wobble is? Well, thank you for the 15, 20 people that raised your hand, made me feel good. <laughs> they both, our love for the world and Jesus cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. Because when we try to live that way, one foot in the world and one foot with Jesus, one of those loves is fake and one of those is real. Not one of them is sold out for Christ. So when I say, I'm not, I want to make sure I'm really clear about this. Uh, when I say reject the world, I'm not talking about God's awesome creation. I'm not saying go out there like, oh, I don't like you anymore, trees. I'm not eating one ounce of corn. Well, maybe you should do that anyways. Right? I'm not saying reject the world and God's creation. I'm speaking about the earthly organized system that's being controlled by the power and evil of darkness that resides among us, the spiritual warfare that's around us we don't pay attention, that it's fooling the world, debating the world, to put everything against God, Jesus, and his kingdom purposes. That's what I'm talking about. If you're reading the Bible, the Bible uh, reading plan with us, you read this morning in John chapter 7, Jesus says the world hates him. Why? Because he's convicting of its evil. And I'm not saying that we need to go start rejecting all the companies out there that we don't like. We think they don't hold to our Christian values. And I kind of just say, I laugh every time I hear those kind of things. And if, I, if you ever come up to me and say, we need to stop doing this because of that, this company doesn't allow this, I'm going to laugh. And I'm sorry, I'm going to tell you right up front. I'm going to ask for forgiveness right up front. But I hear things over the years that says, listen, man, I'm not going to shop at Target. Because they, they hold to values that I don't agree with. They don't, they, they don't let the Salvation Army ring their little bells at Christmas time. So I'm not shopping at Target. I'm not even going to Walmart anymore. Why? Because Walmart, they don't say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Holidays. And they sell chocolate Easter bunnies. <laughs> chocolate friends. Come on now, right? I'm going to reject all that. I'm going to put my stance in. And sometimes I think, and if I'm stepping any tools, I'm sorry, but sometimes we just get in this foolish stance. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that because they don't hold to that value. This, let's just take this whole idea out to the nth degree. If we just played this mindset out to everything that we do and have in life. Do me a favor. Raise your hand if you have an iPhone. Woo-hoo. You know, they don't hold to our Christian values. Right? Who here uses Google, Chrome? Yeah, they don't either. Okay, driving a car. Does anybody have a car? Okay, you get where I'm going with this. Potato chips? Who here loves potato chips? You are my friends. We get to this point 
and we start rejecting and rejecting. We get in these foolish stances because, because this, because of this. And if we play this all the way out, you and I would be living naked in the middle of the woods eating grasshoppers for breakfast. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I love you, but not that much. See how foolish it is? Because if we start with saying, I'm not going to have this because, I'm not going to do that because, I'm not going to be a part of that because, and we just push this all out. I mean, I mean, even the clothes I'm wearing, I'm sure it's somewhere in the clothes I'm wearing. I didn't buy them stuff. Done. Anytime I look good, by the way, compliment my wife. I don't buy my clothes. Thank you. We just push it off. And we put these foolish dances. That's not what God is saying to reject the world. See, God loves you, he loves me, and he loves us so much he makes it clear for us what we're supposed to be rejecting about this world. He gives some clarity what it looks like. He gives us three ways in the world that tries to, in many ways, infiltrate our lives. He clarifies what we're up against, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The lust of the flesh is living out what our bodies desire like sexual immorality, drunkenness, overeating. This idea, whatever we crave, we do. Whatever we think will please us and bring fulfillment outside of God's word, we run to, we embrace into our life. That's what he's talking about. We believe that this God-sized hole that we have, right, can be filled with the pleasures of this world. And when we embrace it, when we're standing at the end of this emptiness, man, we're no longer just still empty. We're empty and we're full of shame. That's the lust of the flesh. Living it out. That's what God wants us to reject. And right now the world is saying, buy it in, baby. Just look at our commercials. Sex sells. Everybody's doing it. Come on in. That's what God's saying we need to be rejecting. How about the lust of the eyes? That's you and I wanting more. That's a continuation of the lust of the flesh. It's saying that the eyes are the windows of the human soul. We've heard this before, and this is exactly what it means. It's at the very core of who we are as a person, that we're not content. We want more. And when more gets into our life, guess what? We're not content, so we want more. And when that more comes into our lives, guess what? We're not content, so we want more. It's a vicious cycle. I want more, I want more, I want more. And that's what God says we're against. And we can become captivated about this outward appearance, but have no desire to understand our internal values of who we are in Jesus. And the final piece is the pride of life. Boasting what we have. A deep desire for position and power and possessions. Come on, that's what the world tells you you need. You're not anything until you have this 72-inch cut lawnmower, big rig truck, whatever, right? It's in our faces all day long. It's in the workplaces. It's all over social media. Our schools, our, our kids are hearing at schools, our neighborhoods. We've got to keep up with the Joneses. We've got to be just like them. The world that we live in is rejecting Jesus at a ridiculous pace. And it's in our face, baiting us, giving us every opportunity to reject him and embrace it. That should scare us. Now, I think I need to clarify this again. Sometimes I make these statements and I want to make sure I'm clear. Um, There's nothing wrong for wanting a better life. 
There's nothing wrong with wanting better things or having good things, okay? Football season starts this Thursday, and I'm very thankful that I can watch it on my big screen TV. Right? I'm looking forward to that. So it's not about having nice things. If you've had any conversations with me over the last couple of months, you realize that I love Jeeps. I really want a Jeep. In fact, I was talking to Christian and Carl the other day. Steph and I were walking through ours, and there was this Jeep. It was jacked up, had padded roll bars. It was this awesome blue. And I, what I really wanted to do is take a picture of it and put it on Facebook, say, those who, those who own this Jeep, please, I would gladly accept it as a gift. If you're watching online, I'll gladly accept it as a gift, right? I really would love a Jeep someday. I was coveting a little bit. I followed last week's message. I asked for forgiveness and God forgave me. Don't judge me right now. But there's nothing wrong with having nice things. What we need to see is the heart behind it all. The corrupted heart of this world is dark, it's greedy, it's selfish, it's pleasurable, and it stands in the face of a mighty God and his word of truth. That's what we're up against. That is what we're putting our hands up and saying, get out of my life. Everything in this world will fade away and perish. Only God and his people will last forever. Counterfeits reject God. Christians reject the world. In our sold out love for God, we must put our hand up to the world. We need to be bold. We need to be courageous because the world's going to say, what are you doing? And we need to decide we're not going to be countercultural. We're going to be countercultural, not counterfeits. And I guarantee as you do that, you start living out, you're going to get some pushback. No, no, no. I want to be countercultural, what you think is normal and how we should live. And I don't want to be a counterfeit because Jesus has radically changed my life. In fact... This may sound absolutely ridiculous, but I want to make sure that we get a clear picture of what I'm talking about. When it comes to, be, comes to loving and being drawn into the world, maybe, maybe we just need to stop and actually put our hands up and say, talk to the hand. Like, if you feel like you're being drawn in, like, oh, I'm on social media, I really want to, talk to the hand. Talk to the hand redirect our thoughts, our actions, our lives, and our love towards God. I don't think you're with me. So let's go to, we're going to try this. You're going to humor me this morning a little bit? We, we play a game with me? All right, good. Because we're going to play it anyways. Um, so when I say the world, I want you to put your hand up, turn your head, and say, talk to the hand. Okay, I'm going to explain it again. I'm going to say the world. I want you to put your hand up, turn your head, and say, talk to the hand. You with me? All right, I got to try three yeses. Are you with me on this? Come on. All right. Ready? The world. Do it again. The world. I just baited you guys into that this morning. Are you kidding me right now? That's exactly what we need to be doing. Right, when the world starts pressing in our lives, when it starts infiltrating us, when we're exposed, like, oh my word, I'm living in darkness. There's things in my life that doesn't honor God, man. We just put our hands up and say, talk to the hand. Because I am living for Jesus. 
That's the real deal, Christian. That's what we're called to do. Not embrace it. Not trying to find a way why it's socially acceptable. No, no. This is what's acceptable. And when we open this, God starts having a conversation. We say, oh, when it comes to God, talk to me. When it comes to the world, talk to the hand. When it comes to God, talk to me. That's what Jesus wants. That's what he's calling his disciples to do. And this is calling us to do as a church. When it's the world, talk to the hand. When it's God, talk to me. Well, if rejecting God, if loving God is rejecting the world, then the opposite is also true. Loving the world is rejecting God. Loving the world is rejecting God. Look at verse 18. It says, Dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know. This is how we know this last hour. They went out from us. But they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But in their going, they show that none of them belong to us. Let's stop right there. This is such a revealing verse that many people, we don't, it's very uncomfortable to talk, we don't like to talk about it. If they walked away truly rejecting the truth of Jesus and embracing the world, John's saying, they were never really with us to begin with. And this saddens me. It's hard to understand. And I'm going to clear it again. It's not our job to start pointing our fingers at people and saying, oh, you're not saved. You're not saved. Look at your life. It's not our job. Salvation is through God and by God alone. And he's the one, the only one who, who judges. But unfortunately, this is a reality. And it's a reality within the church. Because over the years, I have prayed with several who claim to give their life to Jesus, but their lives never changed. Or their lives changed for a short period of time in some behavioral manner, but deep down inside, their hearts only wanted eternal fire insurance. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't a surrender. It was eternal fire insurance, and it was a time of crisis. They were never made Jesus the Lord of their life. They never gave him the throne seat of life. You know, you and I, we love to sit on the throne of our own lives. We look at this big picture, we like to sit down like, I'm in charge, right? When it comes to Jesus, we get up and say, it's all yours. And what John is talking about is those kind of people who never truly gave Jesus the throne seat over life, the ruling over their lives to lead them in life. And when I've watched this happen, People that come to this crisis moment, they, they pray and they think, okay, this, everything's going to be better. When life gets hard, they walk away or they never truly embrace what Jesus has for them and they go live. And I've seen even, even more, they, when they walk away, they get, the world gets even stronger in their life. They become more embraced by the world and so who cares about Jesus? Jesus reveals this in Matthew 25. When he comes, he says, I'm parting the sheep and the goats. In Matthew chapter 7, he is having a conversation about just this. Lord, Lord, didn't we do all these things from you? And Jesus says in verse 23, something very, very hard. He says, I will tell them plainly, get away from me. I never knew you. 
That's just the reality. And that's why we, we, we have this conversation about you accepting Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior. We want to nurture that, encourage that. To understand it was a true surrender to him. It's a call for radical life that's lived differently, not like the world, not like the old you, but the new you in Jesus. But I love about scripture that each time he points out the counterfeit, he immediately reminds us of who we are and whose he are. Look at this in verse 20. He says, but you, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you, and all, you know all the truth. You don't write you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie comes from the truth. He's saying, yes, this is the real deal. God confirming in who we are and whose we are that we have the Holy Spirit residing in us as a mark of someone who has given our lives to Jesus as a deposit guarantee of the hope that's to come that we're going to be with Jesus forever. And the Holy Spirit gives you and gives me and gives everyone who Jesus, gives a clear understanding that Jesus is everything in our life. We're supposed to lead like he is our everything in life. He gives us everything for life and godliness. That's what he's talking about. The anointing, you receiving the Holy Spirit, the living water residing in you is real. Then he goes on verse 22, who's the liar? Who is the liar? It is those who deny that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father, and whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, verse 24, see that that what you have done, what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also remain in the Son and in the Father. Verse 25, then this is what is promised, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. Let's just stop there again. I'm writing these things to you from those who are trying to lead you astray. There are going to be people. There are going to be friends. There's going to be family. There's going to be businesses. The media, the government structures, the laws are all going to try to push and lead us astray from a relationship and leaving for Je- living for Jesus. It's going to bombard our lives. Telling us to reject Jesus and the life he's called to and embrace what the world is claiming is right. And what does God call those people? Liars. Liars. Right now, in your life, everyone in this room has someone or something trying to pry or has, has pride in your life And they're doing everything they can do to redirect you away from Jesus and towards the world. Right now, every single one of us, that scare you? Are you aware of that? Trying to turn away from our awesome God who gave us eternal life and start embracing the world? The world is very tempting and does a great job of leading people away from a life in Christ and what it truly means to live for him. 
I mean, Satan is just not this red guy with horns and standing with a pitchfork like we made him out to be, man. It says he can mask himself as an angel of light. Like, no, 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 no. Come on over here. That's not, that's not so true. Come on over here. This is what's real. This is what you really want. This is what it pleases you. This is what I want to give you. Right now, you have that happening in your life. And we need to be a church that's talk to the hand. And I love how John finishes out in the base, and this is the basis of this entire series. In verse 27, he says, For you, as for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you, but that his anointing teaches you about all things, and that the anointing is real, look at this, and not counterfeit. It is real, not counterfeit, just as he taught you, remain in him. The Holy Spirit that's within you is real. You are the real deal. You are not a counterfeit. And I think this series could be a wake-up call for the church. That we start living out this idea to live for Jesus, rejecting the world, man, that we're countercultural, that's okay. Continue fighting, not embracing. I mean, come on. People are tired of fake. In fact, that's, that's one of the common pushes against churches. We're fake. We're phonies. People deal with fake news all the time. They have fake friendships. And they don't need us to hand them fake hope. They're looking for real hope. Real deal. It's not about the lights. It's not about the awesome worship we just sang about having a real deal relationship with the risen Christ. That's what Jesus wants us to live out. I mean, we love all these things. We need to live it out for Jesus Christ. So where are you? Right now, in your walk with Jesus Christ, where are you? Are there areas that you've embraced? The world? Are you buying the lie that Satan is selling? That it's better than Jesus? Is your light, are you breaking free and letting the light of Jesus shine through you? It won't be easy to live for Jesus. He calls, he tells us that. But it doesn't mean we don't try. And we give him our everything. So where are you? Maybe this morning you're realizing that at some point someone gave you a counterfeit Jesus. They thought it was okay, looked like a weeble wobble. And you realize, no, I can't. God's called me something different. Or maybe you're realizing that you've just walked away from the radical life change that Jesus has given you. Maybe it's time to come back. Friends, our lives matter. Our lives are mission critical. We 
the church are God's plan to reach this world with a life-saving gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be different. Not better. Because we're not better. We just need to be different. And really show the world that Jesus does change everything. Be willing to look in the mirror. Take an honest assessment of where we are and make the changes that need to be made and start rejecting and redirecting our life in Christ. And watch God radically do some things within you and around you because you are the real deal. And I'm going to call our prayer team up. We're going to close. And if you're here this morning and you have yet to accept Jesus, you're like, oh my word, I, 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 don't have, I have no idea if I ever did that. I thought I did. I have never just surrendered my life. Come forward. And we want to have this conversation with you. Because giving your life to Jesus Christ is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. So if that you come forward, they want to pray with you, they want to pray over you, they want to pray in life. Maybe you're like, hey, I, I just need to talk about some things in my life with someone. Come forward, they want to pray with you. If you just don't be struggling, like Jacob talked about earlier, like, man, I just, I'm, I got this stronghold and I'm struggling. I'm dealing with depression and things like that in my life. And you need that, come forward. Let the strongholds be busted free through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your truth, even though it's hard to hear. We thank you for your love, even though we're not worthy, you are. God, I pray. I pray as a church, I pray for myself. That we'll start seeing the world for what it is how it's completely against you. How it's completely against your church. How it's completely against the call in Jesus Christ's name. And that we will be a bold church. I will be a bold follower of Jesus. And we will put our hand up to the world and say it's okay to reject what they're offering. And continue to force my life to redirect it towards you and embrace everything that you have for me. I pray for that as a church. May we truly live for you. May we stand and be the real deal. And may our lives be echo to the ones in front of us that shows that Jesus does change everything. Use us, Lord. Help us fight. And then use us for your kingdom. In your son's name I pray. Amen.